Yeah, we're not sitting on 30, but we are sitting on about about 20, so 10 degrees difference. Um, but clear blue skies, which is all you can really hope yeah, for. Yeah, it's, so. it's nice here. We didn't get any rain today or anything. It's great. Well, I would be... I would be shocked if you got rain this time of year. Isn't it normally? We got a little. We got a little the other day. But... Oh, there you go. I love it yeah, when it rains in too... Vegas. It always gets chaotic on the roads because it's just not built for. People are fucking lunatics. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yep. it's the best. The worst and the best at the same time. Yeah, it's awful. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Oh, yeah, there we go. Did we catch any of that, Tony? Probably no, we didn't. I was waiting for just, the dramatic crack of I the know, bottle I know, I wanted it. And I just opened my very first Oktoberfest. Oh, it's the Beer Engine Podcast, if you're wondering, by the way. It's Griff. Just opened up a Bell's Oktoberfest Merzen. In a bottle. Can't wait to drink this in a bottle. How about that? A beer in a bottle. You don't see that too often. Uh, For another episode of the Beer Engine, got to drink this down. Enjoy my very first Merzen of the season. Very exciting. Tony, you guys aren't really getting Oktoberfest. Well, you're probably getting decent weather, but I guess you still can get in on some Oktoberfest, even though it's almost summer for you, right? Yeah. Like... It's it's an in-between season beer. Let's not get too particular with this. No matter which hemisphere right. you're in, as long as you're not in the tropics, it's kind of like um, Oktoberfest time. The weather's pretty much the same. You're either starting to heat up or cool down, and you're starting <laughs> to reach a similar equilibrium. So I enjoy drinking them. You see them on the market um, down here all the time, this time of year. Uh- yeah, you're probably getting some German ones, actually, I would guess. You're probably getting a lot of the German ones, your oh. culinaries and your et cetera. I don't know. I, I think it's it's hard to import a lot of that stuff. Mm. Um, I think I think you see it more um, at the pubs on tap. I think they're more likely to bring over a couple of kegs than, than see it in retail these days. I think it's, I think it's harder to see that stuff in, in retail. So. All right. Well, it tastes great, Tony. This one's got a little bit nice bitterness to it. It's only five and a half percent, which I respect. Yeah. For your Meritzen. Um it's, yeah, it's got a. Ooh, it finishes really nice. Very bready. A uh, little toffee in there. What a delight! Great beer. Bells. Bells yet again made a beer that I like. That's weird. Gee, that's a shock. <laughs> it's almost like they can it's, make a good beer regardless of what style it is. It's crazy to think. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was weird. I went to Corey's um, and I was just hunting for it. I'm in the mood for it. You know, I'm seeing them all yeah. come out in Chicago on my Instagram. Everybody's dropping their Oktoberfest. And I had to go, I had to dig around uh, like through the Corey's coolers to see that Bell's had come through with theirs. But we had nothing, not shit for, for Oktoberfest <laughs> beer right now. And, you know, we should be getting them from the other big breweries that distribute here because Ale Smith makes a good one. Um, uh, the local breweries make a couple decent ones. I'm going to try to go, um, give astronomy's version a shot this week. Um, but yeah, just nothing, not a thing. So someone's holding out. I mean, Oktoberfest, the actual thing is going to be almost over by the time 
we get the beers in our hands. Doesn't it end pretty much early October or yeah, middle of October, does. like I the mean, Munich Munich Oktoberfest? Yeah. But like, what the fuck does that matter? Like, unless you're at one of the festivals and and then you're drinking just the the mass produced German genius, um, right? That is their um, fest beers. Um, what does it really matter if we get it when it's over or, or not? Do you think it's just purely because of the Vegas weather that the distributors aren't bringing in the quantity of... No. No? No, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it's just because... Um, I don't. I, I just wonder if Corey's just isn't ordering it. I think that may be mostly the reason. Okay. I'm not sure if Corey's is ordering a lot of... I think they focus on... Uh, the stuff they know they move through, so they're ordering more IPA, and they can be more selective. Yeah. I don't think they've had a lot of success selling these beers in the past, except to people like me, and I'm not very many people. That's true. So you want they tend person. not to. They tend not to load up on these types of beers. I just don't think people buy them, and no. that might might be because of the weather. Maybe that's like yeah, the trickle down I mean. effect of the weather that they're like it's hot and I'm not buying this. Yeah, but um, I also see people drinking like. 18% stout, you know, it doesn't really. Yeah, but 18% mean anything, you know? stout is like if you're going to order a, a banana split at the end of a end of a, a meal. Like, I think stouts move regardless of weather, even though they're higher alcohol. I think you may see more beers at the end of the cycle rather than the start of the cycle for Oktoberfest. Um, I think okay. you'll start seeing them October into November, really, as that Vegas weather gets more to what Chicago is right now. Mm, it's not getting there. Although maybe in Chicago it's actually nice. Uh, it might be 70 or 60 or 70. So we'll get down yeah. there, I guess. But, um, I was thinking of Chicago in November, which is no, truly no, that's not what I'm talking about. experience. Yeah, awful, I'm, awful. I'm talking about when Vegas drops into the 70s and, yeah. and mid-60s. It'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. It'll be nice. Um. All right, Tony. Well, I, I wanted to uh, get this fired up right away. I want to let you. I want to wind you up and, and let you go here, uh, Tony. We got a new trial for Alex Jones. He's back on another trial. He's back. He's back on the road doing his tour. He is uh, sort of like a road comic a little bit. So I, I didn't really read anything about what's going on right now with him. So why don't you give us our official Alex Jones update? Okay, the Felix. The oh, that was one hell of a way to That's try and fine. say official. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect. That's what I like. That's what I do. I do perfect. He is currently um, in the damages phase of his Connecticut trial. The Connecticut trial involves a lot more defendants from Sandy Hook, uh, and it involves brothers and <laughs> sisters of the victim, along with parents and an FBI agent that all claim that they were defamed. Mm-hmm. Much like the Texas case, they also uh, received a default verdict and we are only seeking damages. So he's already been found guilty because for the exact same reasons in Texas, um, he didn't actually participate in discovery and he tried to foil them at every turn. So therefore, he has been defaulted. It's a harsher sanction that you can essentially get. Um, So Mm. we're just in the damages phase. The issue here is this case has a lot more at stake. And did you want to take a guess at why this has more at stake than the Texas case? Ooh, uh, I'm guessing, well, one in, one is that maybe the damages are much higher, I would guess. Um, 
you but absolutely nailed it yeah. because okay. unlike Texas where there is a cap on um, not compensatory damages, the other one, mm-hmm. um, punitive. punitive, there's a cap on punitive damages within Texas because of tort reform. In Connecticut, there are no such caps. So mm. if there is a verdict of $50 million similar to what he got in Texas, with more plaintiffs, it could even be higher. But if he gets a verdict that high, he will be forced one way or another. He will have another. to pay $50 million. He yeah. will actually have to pay that. So that's why it is much higher stakes. It's not as entertaining in many ways. We haven't seen Alex himself in the courtroom. We do know, however, he will be testifying again. So stay tuned for that shit show. Um, I will say the defendant's lawyer, Alex's lawyer, Norm Pattis, is a train wreck um, and you should definitely look him up. He's like a washed-up hippie um, in in every kind of a way and... um, but you know what happens to hippies once they um, reach this part of their life? They turn super conservative and weird and racist and and he's go on that, that yep. route. That's uh, true. Yeah, okay. Um, and it's just fascinating to see where this, this case will go. Hopefully it ramps up in the next couple of days. The corporate representative was on the stand today and she's a okay. truly awful person, not because she's involved with Alex Jones, because she's just a gun for hire and is willing to sell herself to say, basically, I don't know, even though it was my job, she is a shill for hire and, yeah, truly an awful person. Can't wait to get into more exciting witnesses, whether it be um, Alex himself or his staff. Um, they are the entertaining ones. And this judge has them on a much, much tighter leash. And it'll be interesting to see how much latitude she gives them when Alex himself gets into the courtroom and tries to sure. do the, his shenanigans that he often tries to put on. Now, the court case, not particularly exciting, and so I was kind of low energy there, but we do have more Alex Jones news. Had you heard about yeah, the hear other Alex Jones news? No, this is going to be new to me. I'm excited for this. It turns out that Alex had hired detectives to surveil his ex-wife mm. and his current wife. His current wife Both of them. has not responded to the allegations, but he has been using a team of private investigators to um, investigate his wife and ex-wife. Um, and his team includes, of course, ex-Blackwater. Not a shock there. Uh, it's wow. going to be interesting to see what happens with Alex's marriage uh, because this seems to have done without his wife's knowledge. Um, his ex-wife hates his guts but she's also an evil person that helped run his organisation in the early days of InfoWars. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a shit show for Alex, both on a business front and on a personal front. And I think the personal stuff going on at the same time is going to be amazing for content and he could really use his shit. And the other thing I would recommend is if you're familiar with Channel 5, the YouTube channel with Andrew Mm. Callahan. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, I know that guy. The old uh, all gas, no breaks. He yeah. did a sit-down interview with Alex. I'm not part of the Patreon. I haven't seen the whole interview. 
but just the preview of that is amazing to show how much of a loser, little crybaby that Alex is. He's asked one question that wasn't even a hard question and he acts like a fucking four-year-old. It was the best. So plenty of Alex Jones update. Yeah, that was a big Alex Jones update. I think it's going to get exciting next week and certainly um, the week after when we do get a verdict because these court cases don't go on forever and I think it is a two-week time frame for this court case. So I would stay tuned for that. I also enjoyed uh, that uh, one of his best buddies here, Mike Lindell, was in the news today too for getting a subpoena and his phone seized at a Hardee's. Uh, Our friend Corey posted that in the Discord. And a little bit after that, uh, I was messing around on Twitter and I saw that Rudy Rudy Giuliani, our guy, our man Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> yes, uh, posted. A, it's really him, and he really did this. This was really on Twitter. He posted a picture of Mike Lindell looking very insp- inspirational, and it just says, "Breaking news: The FBI seized Mike Lindell's phone!" Exclamation point. Fight back by shopping at mypillow.com to support. <laughs> Now, it should be noted that... And it just says Rudy in the middle of that, by the way. Maybe that's a promo code? Maybe it is. Or maybe he's just trying to pump up DVD sales or streaming sales for the great John Favreau's um, vehicle that was Rudy. Was he in Rudy? Oh, yeah, I remember that movie. Did John? I didn't know John Favreau did that movie. Well, I think it was in it. I don't think he was a star. Oh, but I, I thought you meant he like, directed it. I no, was, no. <laughs> I believe he was in it. Yeah, it does make sense. All right. That was one of his first roles. Um, I I was like, he didn't direct. I thought Elf was his first movie that he made. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's true or not. But, yeah, no, maybe he's trying to prop up Rudy. Uh, Notre Dame had a tough week, so he could be. You know, know, they had a tough go of it over there at Marshall or whatever a week or two ago. So maybe, yeah, he's trying to just make them feel better. Yeah, of course, another franchise that had themselves a film. Um, wasn't there an I Am Marshall film or something about the plane crash? Or is that a different Marshall? Oh, there was, yeah. No, it was Matthew McConaughey. You're right. It was both movie all right, all right, all right. schools were playing each other. Yeah. I forgot, I forgot about that. Okay. Uh, that's something else. Sure. All right. But it was funny that Notre Dame lost. Fuck that. That's really funny. <laughs> but yeah, you can go to Rudy, you can go to my pillow. I've slept on a my pillow before. It's it's truly an awful uh, product. I heard uh, it, it does was not, pretty bad. I don't know. I don't know. It's like a prison pillow. There's no structure to it. It's just like flat. Uh, I don't know what I don't know who that's for. I don't I don't know who's <laughs> sleeping on that. I, I think it's for those that are that have been pilled and will just buy anything. It's it's they'll it, just buy anything. Yeah. yeah, it the in the opening arguments of the Jones trial, they basically just pointed out that this whole vehicle of Infowars is just a vehicle to sell beet juice. So, yep, Mike Lindell is it's just dick, using his nuttiness and junk, yep. to sell shitty pillows that probably cost two dollars for ninety plus dollars, um, and I think this whole crazy turn is him partially showing his true colours but also partially um, trying to cash in on the whole um, my pillow thing because 
anybody that is willing to sleep on those things has to be nuts in the first place. Yeah, you have to put like just nothing but more pillows on top of it. It's it's not a good way to sleep. Um, Tony, okay, so while we're on our new segments, we had Alex Jones update. Let's do a pizza update real quick because uh, I do have some pizza news. Very important. Nice. Um, last week, it felt like we had wrapped up our multi-part series on pizza by describing why pizza um, was going everywhere. But, ah, wait. I have new news. So first of all, I'd like to point out that I did eat a Mexican pizza since we last spoke, Tony. Uh, I've had many of them from Taco Bell over the years. Um, They just brought it back. It still tastes exactly the same. There's nothing different about it. So if if anyone who's ever had a Mexican pizza at Taco Bell is wondering, it's exactly the same. It has the same problem that it had um, at the uh, end of its time last time around, which is that the one change over the years that they did make was I would guess due to pricing, they stopped putting green onions on it. And it's much better with the green onions on it. Really? Uh, so is it easy for me to just put some sliced green onions on it? Yes. And did I do that? Yes. So sort now, of solved. That, my my that question is, did you have to chop those yourself or was that an add-on mm-hmm. you could add on? <laughs> nope. I had to do it myself. I you know, get, get my scallion out of there, my knife and pack it up and sprinkle them on there. Well, but, doesn't that defeat yeah. the um, the actual reason for getting fast food is you don't want to do sh- jack shit, including chopping I mean, how long green onions? I mean, yeah, I, did, I didn't have to do it, but I did it because I like the taste of it. I could eat it without it. I wasn't going to vomit if I didn't eat it without the green onion. Oh, really. I, I agree with you there, but it's like <laughs> if there's a fundamental flaw to the food, if you have to docker it up to make it, even more appealing. To me, a good fast food item should have everything you want and you shouldn't need to add more to it. And if you do, it should be an add-on on the menu, like animal right. style, at in and out well, When it comes to fast food, I don't want to be doing jack shit to make it um, even better. I want to have that to be as best as it can, even if it's mediocre, if you know what I mean. No, then you can just, you can just have it without it then. I'll okay. sprinkle I'll, green onions on my, on my hat. But I, 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 I'm willing to spend the seven seconds it takes to uh, hack through an onion really lazily. So really, really wasn't that. I mean, I agree. They should just make it that way. That's hell. That's what I was saying. They should yeah. just make it the way they did in 1994. Or just give but you the option to add that on. Keep the price low. Yeah. And or say yeah, it's maybe a... pay 30 cents yeah. on an extra onions or something. Yeah. Fine. That'd be fine. But anyways, this was the uh, big news here. Pizza Hut unveils the Italian taco in response to Taco Bell's Mexican pizza. Oh, it's a funny joke. So um, Pizza Hut has responded with the introduction of the new Italian taco. It's a hand-tossed taco shell stuffed with classic marinara sauce, melted mozzarella cheese, and whichever fillings you choose from pepperoni to jalapenos, and a.k.a. a slice of pizza folded like a taco. So all it is is a piece of pizza. So it's actually not anything. They're not selling it. They just made like one box and did an ad um, for it. There's really nothing different here. It's just a joke. But why Pizza Um, Hut? This is the question I have because I don't consider Pizza Hut to sell Italian food. I think of pizza being an American franchise. And, yes, they're a pizza franchise, but I I sort of like I don't think of pizza as an Italian food. 
It's the reason food. Pizza Hut did it is is because Pizza Hut is in the same restaurant organization as Taco Bell. So this was a not this was not really a fight or a war so much as it was a silly joke uh, with their buddies Taco Bell, and they got to probably have I didn't look, but they can have some kind of tweet tweet fest about it um, that nobody looks at and everybody laughs at and stupid. But no, it's just a stupid bit. Uh, of course, Pizza Hut's Pizza is, has about as much relationship to Italian food as I do it to any Italians, um, which is none. Uh, I, I guess marinara sauce is an Italian food you could make in Italy. Yeah, right? but but how closely resembling real marinara is Pizza Hut marinara? And that's my point. Like Pizza Hut, I, I wouldn't even so, call it marinara, marinara. No. I wouldn't even call it that. I would call it pizza sauce. Yeah. Would be what I would call whatever's on Pizza Hut's pizza, which is super um, sweet. Um, it's kind of trash. It's kind of the worst part of a Pizza Hut pizza. Their meat toppings are passable for a budget chain, but their sauces are appalling. Their bases are fine. They're they're they what they call pan fry in Australia. It's not deep dish, but it's, you know, that thicker style. That's fine for a budget sure. chain, but it's the sauce that I find it's off. It's greasy, but I, but I like it. Yeah, super greasy. It's greasy, but it tastes good. The, yep. the, the sauce is not good, no. The sauce is bad. The sauce at all those things is bad, though. All the, all the, all the budget brands, your Domino's, your Pizza Hut, I don't like any of them. I'd say Domino's maybe the most palatable of all of them, but I was going to say um, I can. I guess pop. I guess Papa Papa John's, although with the whole N word thing, I don't know. I'm, I'm not supposed to like his pizza, but it's not. <laughs> Papa John's was pretty much the go to in college for us. So we would get Papa John's. Okay, see, I can only speak to Domino's or Pizza Hut because they're the only two chains <laughs> in Australia that I've been to. And I will say, without a but we'll get we'll get there. the Papa when you're here. You're going to hate it, but you yep. will get it. But it's but all right. I like cheap pizza for what it is. If it's if it's not trying to be fancy, it's fine. <laughs> Domino's $5 pizzas are tremendous fucking value because there's not a shit ton of ingredients on them. They don't fuck it up. But when it comes down to both dough and sauce quality, Domino's shits all over Pizza Hut without a doubt. And value-wise, it's far superior. Pizza Hut... It's cheaper too, yeah. Yeah, right. yep. Um, pizza Hut is... One of the worst pizzas um, that you can get, as far as I'm concerned. You, you probably would disagree. There's probably other chains in America yeah. that um, are lower standards. I could, but, show you, I could show you some fucking wartime pizza here. Yeah, I mean, yeah but for me, it's, it's just shit. fucking awful. The sauce is terrible, um, and there's nothing that it has as a value proposition, and it has no sort sure. of soul, like. Domino's knows what it what it is in Australia, and that is bottom market, cheap and cheerful. Pizza Hut doesn't know whether it's a sit down restaurant or whether it's like Sizzle's reinvented. I think Domino's sort of rebought its soul a little bit. They started they changed their marketing up a few years ago, and it feels like they're more of a enjoyable company. Yeah. Anyways, I scrolled I scrolled down here on Chewboom.com. Great website name. Who the uh, fuck are you? By the way, on the internet. Well, that's where I was on reading on the Italian talk. Thanks to Corey for posting Chew Boom on here. Uh, and when we got from Chew Boom, oh, you got my some of my favorite stuff. It's whatever these ads are that pop up. They're like fake stories in like a panel. 
So what do we got here? We got, oh, Tony, embarrassing T-shirt fails. Oh, and look how big this girl's titties are. Oh, no, something bad is going to happen with her T-shirt. Uh, we got warning uncensored photos. Uh, we got uncensored shoppers bear all. Uh, oh, this one's for me. This one's personalized. Kalita Dra- Wave Dripper, uh, number 185. <laughs> Interesting, all right. And uh, then we've got History Daily, which has a anime girl on it with uh, – well, she, you can see her shoulders, so you can tell she maybe maybe isn't wearing a top. And it just says, a big hit with young adults. So, not sure how to parse that one. But thank you, Corey, for sending me to Chew Boom. Great links down there. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Tony? Yes, Griff. Gonna, I'm going to close this website, <laughs> and I'm going to go back and... We're just gonna move. We're just gonna move on. Moving um, right along to quote Tony, the Muppets. Um, what did you get? Right. What did you get up to since we last recorded? Have you been anywhere? I went to Lakes Entrance, which is an hour's drive from me. Did you go anywhere? Did you travel anywhere? Did you get up to anything? No. Uh, you know, we, had, we went to a little bottle share at some friend's house on Saturday. That was a nice time. Uh, opened up some some good beers. Uh, I had a friend's birthday who was in town also, so we were bouncing that around. But, you know, in a couple weeks, I'll be taking a little trip, uh, getting back out there, going to Seattle. So that'll be some exciting content for us. Going to go drink some fresh hops, IPAs. That's the good stuff. See if I can watch a hop truck back into the fucking tank or whatever. It'd be kind of (laughs) cool. That's the goal. Hit up some of my faves, Rubens and Holy Mountain and Obeck and Stoop and... Walrus and Carpenter to eat sardines with, with uh, walnut pesto on them. Oh, that Yummy. sounds delicious. So I'm excited to. Oh, it's so good. It's a great dish. So excited to go to Seattle. Haven't been there in a while. Uh, a place where uh, it's hopefully, it hopefully will not become San Francisco, which is, I mean, it's very expensive to live in Seattle, but it's at least not teachers have to live in a box uh, expensive yet. So they're going to have to really hold on for dear life to not turn into that. Yeah, but what place um, in this world isn't yeah. turning into that? It seems to me that housing prices are continuing just to grow and grow and grow, regardless of where you are, whether it be Seattle, San Francisco. Fucking, I'm sure the Vegas prices are continuing to skyrocket from where they were since you bought. Well, I'll be taking my realtor out for his birthday lunch tomorrow, so maybe I'll find out how my, my current situation <laughs> looks from a... From a housing standpoint, um, over some barbecue uh, tomorrow f- for that. So I guess we'll find out. Uh, he did mention to me that the housing market uh, purchases have stalled uh, oh, quite a bonus. bit, and they are and purchase b- buying has uh, has uh, uh, went down. So they're now they're just waiting for the homeowners who own these places to bring their prices down because they don't want to admit that they're not going to get fucking insanely rich on their house. So they're going to have to bring their house that they bought for 150 grand down from 625 grand or whatever now because they (laughs) won't be able to move it. Um, Next week though, Tony, how about this? Or or this actually, it's not even next week. It's in two days. Uh, Maya is going to see Nelly, um, which is real funny to think about. Nelly, do you know who Nelly is, Tony? So we're talking hot in, hot in here, hot in here, Nelly, St. Luligan's Nelly, wearing the right. bandaid on his face, Nelly, not Nelly Furtado. Uh, no, no, this is fi- probably fifty years old, Net Nelly. Uh, 
St. Yeah. Yeah. St. Luligan's Nelly country grammar, Nelly, that Nelly. Uh, yeah. going to go check him out. The tickets for $25 to see Nelly at the M. Um, which I thought was actually pretty low for Nelly. I, I mean, he's still pretty famous. Uh, Maybe he's short or something. I don't know. Maybe that was why. But is he really um, famous? I'm kind of excited for that. I mean, he's. I guess it's because I'm from the Midwest. Like, In the Midwest, everybody knows Nelly. I mean, yeah, but he hasn't put anything out since essentially 2014. Looking at the Wikipedia entry, because I only know him yeah. from. It's getting hot in here. Sure. Um, so yeah, I would say um, that that sort of played into what we were thinking about what the crowd's going to be like at this. Um, which I would guess will be about a few hundred people that look like me and Brian and, <laughs> and Emily or uh, Jameson and uh, Kelly. I guess. Right. I think the entire crowd's going to look like you guys, and there's it's going to be all it's going to be all white millennials. I think pretty yep. much. And there's going to be everybody who went to college and listened to Hot and Here at a house party will be at this. I yep. Think. But there's going to be a handful, and I say a handful. <laughs> Of dudes that look like you in just basketball singlets, nothing else, just basketball singlets and maybe some some like jeans, but just no shirt, just rocking the oh yeah the basketball singlet. There's going to be yep, there's going to be that. Uh, we're going to have some people dressed in a uh, uncomfortably like slightly racist looking way, where they try to get dressed for the Nelly show, and I'm like, I'm going to be saying like looking at them with the cringe face like that. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. Uh, there's going to be some white girls, uh, with uh, racist white girls with bandaid on their face. Not <laughs> excited for that. So yeah, there's, there's going to be some weird subtle racism floating around this, um, where people are like, Oh, I'm trying to be cool for the element. No, no, do that. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. That's not good. Not, not great, but it'll be all right. And, uh, you know what, if it sucks, I'm just going to go play blackjack. So, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, just think of it. It's uh, only one and a half hands worth of blackjack money, really. Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, yeah, n- not even. It might be. It's more like one and a three, th- two thirds, uh, because I can. If I'm playing fifteen dollar blackjack, yeah, yep, I can. I can play uh, one hand and not quite another. Uh, all right, Tony, why don't we move on and uh, look into the things our friends are posting on our Discord, huh? All right, nice week on the Discord this week, I thought. Um, Here's a story from Australia. Tony, you can help explain this to me. Uh, This is from abc.net.au. So I guess... Is that's I, I suppose that that's not the ABC that I know. This is no, the ABC for Australia. The Australian believe, I guess. Broadcasting Corporation is In our company, national yeah. broadcaster. We don't have TV licenses, say like they do in England. We have a tax. I think it's one cent out of every tax dollar goes to fund both the ABC um, apparatus and I think SBS and um, might not be one cent. Sort of more of the BBC for the Very um, much so. Australia, right? Yep. Yeah, right. Okay, gotcha. So what do you got here? WA Beer Company. That's Western Australia, guys. Uh, Colonial Brewing. Changed his name after Bottle Shop Backlash. So um, Now, I've 
I'm familiar with this brewery. I have been to their Margaret River Brewery in WA. Um, so WA being Western Australia. And they've also got a brewing, um, a brewery and tap room in Melbourne. Um, Nick Talk and I are both fans of their draft, which is a Kolsch style beer. It's delicious. Sure. So their their look and feel of their logos is quite sharp. Um, very very good looking tap handles here on their on their tap uh, their keg doodad here. Yep. Um, so they've had a backlash of their name. Uh, they've changed it to CB CB Co Brewing. Um, and a chain, so there's a bottle shop chain in Melbourne called Black Hearts and Sparrows, and they stopped stocking this brewery's beer because it found the word, uh, they found the word colonial was problematic. So, um, we re- so this is a C- CB Co. Brewing Managing Director Lawrence Dowd said there had been discussion about a name change even before the Black Lives Matter movement brought issues around colonialism to the fore. We Realize there is a bit of controversy controversy over the word colonial as a brand name uh, that was on our beer cans and in pubs. So, um, all right. So, I, I, not to go too far into this story, but uh, I will say, first of all, in the U.S., this, I, I don't see anything for the years that somebody puts the word colonial in something and somebody changing it uh, because we're still doing it here. So, whatever. Um, but I also, uh, Tony, you maybe you can speak to this. Why uh, is there? It should be problematic here. Do you find that more of an issue in Australia? What because of Australia's more, um, I guess, uh, the the issues around what the indigenous people in Australia are more at the forefront than they are here, where people just don't pay attention to it. I will say um, it's it's more a, a way we use our verbiage. Um, there's like colonial Australia is basically a term for white settlement in Australia or invasion right. settlement or whatever you want to call it. It's and pretty col- much what it is, pretty much what it was here too. But, yeah. but that's the verbiage we use. We would say colonial Australian or um, we would talk about the British crown being um, like it's it's used a lot more. And only recently has it gained negative connotations. And I applaud them for sure. actually Absolutely. doing this because I don't think this was a particular, particularly popular move, to be honest. I think there are more dickheads out there than there are people actually pushing this move along. But I think it's the right move. And I think in five years' time we'll say they did the right thing and we're ahead of ahead of the curve um, because of the way we use colonial and um, how we colonise this country and because it is more recent than America. It's not recent memory, but we are only 230 years old. Um, yeah. I think it's important to, to move much. away from that and and give voice to First Nations people um, and if they are offended by the use of colonial, which I think they should be, um, I think it's time to move on from it in a brand that like doesn't stake its name on the colonial right. name. There's not a whole bunch of marketing around this this being a product from colonial times. A, a, if this was um, oh, 
Who puts out 150 lashes in Australia? James. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there's a mass market brewery um, and they say they were the first brewer in Australia. And right. um, James Squire. Um, and if James Squire was to use the term colonial, they're much more leaning into like being back in the first days of Australia. Yet colonial brewing just have it as a name. It's a name. CBC Co. will be a, a name going forward. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how you're going to pronounce that. I'd just call it CBC. It looks like CB Co. to me. Yeah, it does, it or C- CBC. I'd just call it CBC. I, I, I would go with I would go with any of those ones before CB Co. I, I was not really enjoying saying that out loud. So, no. So um, I, I'm not sure whether they've yeah. thought that part out. I think it'll look good on cans, but I'm not sure how it rolls off the tongue. But they produce delicious beer. Um, the tap roof in WA sure. is great. And I haven't been to their one in Melbourne. I'll have to check it out um, next time Nick Talk and I go out. But uh, big fan of their beers. I think the name change is fine. Um I think it's it's more brave move than what people are giving them credit for. I think there are more people that would push against this than they're actually being forced sure. into this name change. If that makes sense, we we talk about colonial like in uh, but but not in a negative connotation at all. It's like the thirteen colonies and um, colonial U.S. is like George Washington playing a little flute and mar- marching down the street and shit. Uh, very stupid. Yeah. Uh, well, where, well, the way we should be thinking about colonialism is what we did for the next about 100 years or 150 or 200 years or ongoing after that. Or <laughs> even think about fucking... it, um, about the shithead that is Christopher Columbus. and Right, Christopher Columbus and... John Smith and all those guys. That, yeah. Hey, it turns out those guys weren't too, too good, huh? No, so. if anybody wants to um, hear what a shithead um, Christopher Columbus was, what a true shithead he was, check out Behind the Bastards over the past week. They've done a three-part episode into him. Um, always recommend or, or go to or, or read almost anything. I mean, really, uh, don't, not even true. Have to work, don't even have to work that hard. Not true. There are plenty of forwarding biographies that want to uh, gloss over certain aspects of what he did. They might call him a shit in, shithead in some areas, but they also want to gloss over it, and they're some of the biggest sellers. Truly an yeah. awful human That's being. It. Yep. Hey, but uh, people got real mad when the Columbus statue came down in, in Chicago. They were losing their mind about it. Oh man, not good. All right, so there's that, uh, Tony. I didn't look at what this what this video that Nick posted. Okay, um, I'll just take you the through Victoria Bitter VB Grooming Range here. Yeah, so Vic Bitter being used to be the biggest beer seller. I'm not sure whether it still is. Yeah, um, I can I can see the can in my mind's eye. I've yep. I've, I've seen this beer before. I have a very iconic um, song that goes that goes with their TV ads. Um, Extremely popular beer in Australia, similar to a Bud or a Coors. Um, and they're branched out into selling um, grooming products specifically. Um, I know they did a cologne that was branded as VB Cologne. Um, so c- you can imagine Bud or Coors selling cologne and shaving cream mm-hmm. and exfoliant. That's what VB have done for Father's Day. Um, it was available mm-hmm. at my local chemist warehouse for Father's Day, um, but I, I'm imagining it's like 
on eighty or ninety percent discount at this point because Father's Day has come and gone. All right, there you go. Uh, what else we got, Corey? Uh, this is just a random thought. Uh, you know, I never watched the show Lottery Dream Home, but. Uh, gives us a before and after of the guy who's the host of Lottery Dream Home. And the first one, he looks like kind of your standard kind of uh, dorky-looking HGTV feller. And then in this other one, which does look fake, I'm not sure if I can verify the... the <laughs> I can verify the reality of this photo, but he's he's covered in tattoos, including a serious neck tat. Uh, and he has a dabbing unicorn tattoo on his chest. <laughs> Um, so I'm not sure if I, it, it looked, I don't know. These, some of these look pretty bad. This makes me, I, I'm questioning the reality of this picture. I don't know. It doesn't take much for, for those kind of individuals. Like I know a guy that, um, used to do poker commentary and he, he now sells real estate. So like people, oh, I've heard this guy. Yeah. yeah. People can go through, um, some dramatic career choices and low points like this and i'm not saying this is a low point but this dude's got some face tats and whatever else but at least he's not selling real estate i mean here he is i I found a picture of him at disneyland wearing a tank top with those tattoos so (laughs) i guess i guess this is just what he got into i mean I i don't know but does he have the face tattoo in this one maybe some of them are just fake Maybe none of them are fake. Okay, so in this one, he doesn't have a fake a face tat. Maybe in this that's re- new. more recent. I don't know, dude. The face tattoo. I I think I feel like okay. So I don't see any other ones but this one where he has a face tattoo. I mean, it makes me. I mean, he's on TV still. I feel like HGTV would maybe not want the guy with like a teardrop tattoos on his face to uh, to be doing. Being like a lottery dream home or whatever. I am seeing other ones with a lightning bolt. It's not a teardrop. It is really? a lightning bolt. So perhaps they just yeah. use concealer right. on the show. Man, this must be scintillating to listen to, but I'm I'm thinking it is real and they just use concealer. Right. Same as they would. Another another contest another real or fake contest between me and Tony, and we I guess Tony's going real. You know what? I'll agree with him. He's seen more evidence than me. But good lord, that's, I've seen three different photos with this with this, this face tat. So, so let's hop over to beer chat. Okay, let's um, do that. This is our favorite channel. This is our most active channel, probably. So, oh Tony, you did some more funny talking in here. I really didn't know what you were talking about. You went. Here's what you got. It says you had squid. Um, squid and this is all it says. Squid and. Whale from Sailor's Grave is a great pairing with some battered flatty tails. Yep. So, can I guess what a battered flatty tail is? Of course you can. Go for it. All right. I have two guesses. My first one is that it's a butterfly shrimp that's been fried. Incorrect. My second is that it's some kind of fish tail. Like Correct. Like okay. All right. So, we have a fish in Australia. I would uh, get... Get your Google out and, and Google flathead fish. And the flathead fish is a super ugly looking fish, but boy, is it tasty. Um, yeah, yeah, I know this thing. Yeah, sure. So I went to a restaurant. They had 
battered flatty tails. So this is deep fried flathead. You've got to skin them because their skin skin is quite tough, um, and it's deep fried. Um, it's a saltwater fish. Um, really, really delicious white white flesh fish. Um, mm, this looks pretty good, actually. Yeah, these look yeah. good. Um, and it's just a nice. It was a nice IPA. Squid and the Whale is a nice mm. IPA from Sailor's Grave. And Flatty Tails are a dish that you can get anywhere that sells fish in Australia. I think most fish restaurants, in this case, or even fish and chip shops, have a version of Flatty Tail. And that's the portion of the flathead fillet down towards the very tail tends to be the, um, the nicest meat from the flathead. All right. All right. So we, we, this, we, we've got the breakdown. All right. So you get some IPA, you get some flatty tails. That's a good combo. Yep, I, like, I like IPA with fried food. It's usually pretty good. Yep. You get some, in this case, they were crinkle cut fries, which are great with it. And, um, yeah, I love that. And a good tartare sauce to dip into and a squeeze of lemon. Super. Wonderful. Uh, Max Allotment, uh, he got some fascination from Treehouse. Uh, this looks like a fruited IPA. He's not a big fan of them. The fruit puree helps to body up the beer, but doesn't overpower the hot bill with a ton of sweetness. Herbal and grassy with a prickly finish. So he likes this one. So that's a yes. good fruited IPA. All right. Um, what else we got? Uh, uh, we got Corey drinking some Schlafly pumpkin ale, a classic. Delicious. It's his the pumpkin. best pumpkin ale. The very, very finest of pumpkin ales. Uh, Max Allotment got his hands on some New Glarus Raspberry Tart. I have some of this. Uh, sweet as hell, but the laser-focused, uh, intense red raspberry notes leap from the glass. Good stuff, but six ounces is plenty, and you can pour the rest over your pancakes. I agree. I tend to split these um, with someone. Hard to hard to fight through uh, to, uh, 12 ounces of, of those beers. They're just a little sweet, but they are they are really yummy for six ounces. And then we got a little question here from Grammar Purist. So uh, he got this from a friend on social media. It's a writing. So this is a question for like a writing community type thing where they um, where they probably try to figure out something that they aren't familiar with, like a uh, a world or a universe they're not super familiar yep. with that they need some insight into. So. This person asked, what kind of beers do douchebags drink? I'm thinking young banker with a mid-range salary in a small town type douchebag. So I was thinking that it was like a, um, and I think I got this right, uh, someone who's working at like your your big bank, chain bank in one of your small towns there um, outside of like Peoria or uh, uh, somewhere like Wichita, Kansas you know, just outside of there or Hey, maybe the chase in Boulder city for God's sake. Um, but maybe that's too close to a big city. I'm thinking farther away from a big city. So you want someone who buys all their clothes from like the mall stores, like a mall shop. Uh, and then, uh, they were like a frat boy in college. Uh, and now they have this like $60,000 a year job, doing like banker advisor or something um, for Chase, which means they wear like a Joseph A. Bank suit to work 
every day and sit at a big desk and wait for someone Boy. to like get a check for two thousand dollars. So I was thinking Heineken, Stella, or Amstel is my guess for what beer this person drinks because it has to have enough class to it that it looks like they have status, but they don't have any taste, so that yep. doesn't matter. Um, Stella is a good choice. Um, Peroni is a good choice. I think they've moved up from Heineken. I think it's something that is still mass market. Um, I think it depends on the time of year as well. I think they could be a big Guinness um, beer drinker. Um, okay. But So I, I did pose this question to our friend Kyle, who may be mowing his lawn right now, actually. There you uh, go. As he's listening to this. Keep, keep going, buddy. You got it. So uh, I, I gave him a, a similar description to, that I just gave you, and he said, um, it depends. Is Sam Adams Oktoberfest available? Uh, he goes Michelob for when he, he goes Michelob for when he golfs or grills out, but he'll do a Guinness at the Irish Pub in Peoria, Bud Light uh, at Corey's in Pekin. That's a different Corey's than I'm ours. And yeah. a 312 when he wants a craft beer. And I think that was a great answer. I think that was um, an that outs- outstanding answer. Michelob was going to be one of my choices. Michelob's a good one. Michelob and three one, the three one, working the three one two in is important. I think okay. a lot of random douchey guys grab a three one two when they're like out with a out with a, on like a at a Cubs game or some shit. You know, uh, we'll, we'll get some of that going. Yeah. Um, I, I really think bad. imported for the most part, though. Um, but Michelob being okay. the closest thing to an imported national brand, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And Sam Adams Boston Lager, I thought would have been a good choice. I know you were. Yeah. You were talking. W two says Sam Adams yep. uh, when he wants something a bit darker in Blue Moon in the summer. I think Blue Moon is an interesting one too. Um, does but it, Blue Moon and Sam Adams do imply that they have some kind of taste, at least that they would want different flavors. I, that's why I sort of lean towards your Heineken Stella or Amstel even because it depends, right? It's just going to be a different type of guy. Yep. I think all those answers are valid. I think of I think of those beers because they actually do not taste like anything. They're just expensive for the sake of being expensive. They really have no benefit to them whatsoever. From even even against Drinking old style, they have yeah. no benefit. You know, well, but that's, that's why I think beers with a little bit of flavour um, but aren't real flavourful. I think a douchebag occasionally dips his toe into the into the flavour town well, but he doesn't go very deep. It's only skin level deep. So that's where something like a Blue Moon or a Cronenberg 1664 sure. is that style of beer that... Isn't that flavorful? Sure. Isn't that adventurous? But um, it it seems like he's got more taste than what he really is. But all he really wants to be doing is drinking a Bud Light. But he's too much of a douche to be drinking Bud Light. I can't be seen in my suit from Joseph A. Bank drinking this Bud Light. Yep. Um, all right. So uh, uh, with response to our comments on Hardee's and various Casey's general store things, we got we got. A, another perfectly crafted uh, post from our friend, the grammar purist. He says, in response to the Hardee's comments, uh, it is if it, it is still Hardee's in Missouri. Okay, so I was wrong about that. I thought it might have been Carl's Jr. in Missouri. 
But the breakfast menu is quite different. The lunch and dinner menus, though, are the same. So South Carolina, now I'm going to South Carolina. I'll be able to get the good Hardy's biscuit in, in the Carolinas. Yep. Southeast Missouri will get you one. So if you're in Southeast Missouri, I guess South, I mean, maybe that includes St. Louis. Um, you get the good biscuit. But, but if you're in Northwest Missouri, you're fucked. You will not be getting the, the good biscuit now. That's brutal. I mean, it feels like the good biscuit should at least stretch to Columbia, Missouri, because uh, they're in the Southeastern Conference, for God's sake, there, yep. Missouri is. So now, um, feels like more Missouri should get some benefit. I, I think we should start up a biscuit company and just call it the Good Biscuit Company. I think that's the perfect name. And, and it, just take this biscuit recipe and expand it through the nation. It sounds like the rest of the nation really should have this biscuit. It feels like Hardy should just start up. Should just start up this kind of idea, right? Hardy's just or Hardy's make maybe just makes a better biscuit for the rest of the fucking country. Well, I only have a good thing for some of the country. I mean, I guess I know why, but um, okay. I want to know people's top three biscuits, whether they're fast food biscuits, homemade biscuits. Griff, what are your top three biscuits that you have had? All right. Tudor's Biscuit World, uh, by far and away the best um, okay. in in West there in West Virginia, Ohio, and there might be one in Kentucky. Um, uh, that's my that's my all time favorite. Boy, it's hard to uh, the other. I would say Pine State Biscuits in Portland. Now I didn't get like a sandwich there. I got like a biscuit and gravy type setup, and they had the biscuit was delicious. That's my preferred method. Mu- because the like, mushroom, they had, they had mushroom gravy. It wasn't even sausage gravy. It was like a mushroom gravy. And I love the taste of mushrooms. Yep. Um, I liked it better than sausage gravy. That was fucking good. Because I find biscuits <laughs> um, somewhat dry. When I have them at Popeye's, I've got to have that, that honey on them. And well, the Popeye's ones to me are not very good. They're, they're a little bit, they're a little, maybe it just depends on, you got to get lucky. Um, but I, I, every time I get them, they're, they're a little bit too dry and hard. I, I'm not. I'm not loving that too much. Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, th- you know, those two really stick in my head. I'm, I, I, I guess Bojangles. I had a chicken biscuit sandwich from Bojangles in North Carolina years ago. <laughs> it's really <laughs> fucking good. They also make these things called Bowberry Biscuits, which I think they have to call them that because the, there's not enough real blueberry content to <laughs> call it a blueberry biscuit or something. Or maybe it's just a joke. I don't know. That's my guess. But um, they have little blueberries poked in the biscuit there or like some kind of blueberry item. With little, uh, and they're fucking really good. Bowberry biscuits from from Bojangles, so good. There's probably the other ones I've had that are better than just. I mean, I talk about fast food, so I have fast food shit on the brain. But what about you, Tony? You eating a lot of Southern biscuits down there? I mean, or are you going to name three cookies to me or something? Well, no, I I think yeah, our, our scones are similar but different. Um, I would say the only place to get a decent biscuit at a restaurant in Australia. That isn't like trying to fancy them up is probably Bell's Hot Chicken. They do good biscuits. Um, and um, I had a really good one at um, the Ale House in Town Square, whatever that Ale House is. They had a biscuits and Yard gravy. House? Yes. Yard House. Wow. Had a uh, biscuits and gravy, and that was delicious. And I would throw my experience at at Popeyes, the one time I had them at Popeyes, they were not hard as right. a rock. They were actually get, flaky. Maybe I did get lucky. 
You got some lucky biscuits, yeah. I, yep. I believe that. All right. Not bad. Uh, another thing we got from Grammar Purist here, well, where, living where I do in rural Missouri, there are three Casey's within three miles of my house. Makes sense. Um, Midwesterners who have never had real pizza think it's the best ever. It's okay if you're drunk, but it's not great. Having said that, it's breakfast pizza is generally okay because the crust is a biscuit dough and it's covered in gravy, eggs, and bacon. So, I mean, that's all right. And he is willing to buy the beer cheese creation and give it a review. Grammar Purist, I am signing off on that. Uh, let's 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 see it. I want to I want to know how this pizza. What's going on with this pizza? Yep. Um. Uh, of course, uh, Corey has been to Casey's. Come on, eat pizza. He says he eat the pizza. It didn't kill me, and it was still pizza. That's what he says about Casey's pizza. Um. <laughs> We got some posting about Burger Chef. Uh, Oh, Hardee's used to be Burger Chef. I didn't know that. That's weird. All right. Now, I I, I wasn't even really familiar with that. Um, We preferred Hardee's chicken meals to KFC for whatever that's worth. Now, I don't know. I don't really remember eating Hardee's fried chicken, but I don't care for KFC fried chicken, and it's, it's, it's very odd tasting to me. It's very, very, very salty, so... I bet I would have liked it better too. Um, all right, Tony, what else we got? Uh, maybe we go. I think maybe we're jumping over to some Quora potpourri. Ooh. Eh. Eh. Uh, I didn't even have any Quora potpourri this week. I got some next door potpourri. So, Tony, you know what next door is? No. Is, is, can I take a guess, kind of like you did with the flatty tails? Is this like a version of like the local facebook group is it like a local area help board sort of yeah that's about right it's um it's a place where like karens can get on there and be like i saw a black kid the other day he didn't <laughs> live here you know or, yep. and just complain about stuff so this is from someone this popped into my email heads up my cadillac converter was stolen <laughs> today at the eos gym um i've never i've never <laughs> I'm I've sorry. never had a Cadillac converter. I I think she means catalytic converter. Is that yeah, what that would think? be what I think she means, yeah. So Corey says he had a Cadillac converter on his old Pontiac. <laughs> it was a Cadillac emblem I glued to the hood. Oh, I love um, people that do that shit for real, though. They, they do oh, that. Yeah, like fake it, yeah. Yeah. Well, in Australia, um, we used to have a brand called Holden. And they were just Chevys, but rebadged with the Australian Holden. And yet, some sure. Bogans would would take off the Holden badge and stick a Chevy, Get the Chevy badge on there. Yeah, yeah, right. So, catalytic converters. I remember having to buy one of them to get in my old car. Uh, they're fucking expensive, uh, yep. and right now they're in great demand because I would guess some of the precious metals that are in them things is probably not too easy to get these days. Yep. Um, but Corey points out that my electric car will not be needing a catalytic converter, and that's right. It will not. Uh, do not need to worry about that. It's like driving a big golf cart, so it's perfect. Um, actually, Tony, I don't have to do any maintenance to this thing until I get to, like, 50,000 miles, so that's sweet. Fingers crossed that it works well. Hey, on the plus side, you didn't buy a Tesla. Those things are fucking awful. Yeah, it feels like they need to get something done to them all the time. We have yep. friends who just got one. It feels like they're in the shop all the time doing something to it. I'm like, what is there to do? I don't well, get it. I have a real problem with, like, quality, like, people fawning over Tesla like they're great. And then you look at their customer service, and they're so shit for a car company. It's like, 
you're producing these shit electric cars. Go with a car company like you have that produces good electric cars and has good customer service because they're a they're a company that um, have built um, their brand on 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 actually having reliable cars rather than just innovative cars or innovative. I mean, I'm gonna have to go. Someday I will have to go get the battery replaced for free because of what they're giving me a free battery, but I don't know when that's going to be. So uh, I just keep putting up miles on it because they're pretty yep. much free. Freebies, baby. Um, all right, Tony. Well, that's about all. Oh, no, the mail keg. I think we can jump. Why don't we hit the mail keg sound, huh? <laughs> all right. We got a, quite a couple questions from Corey. First one, until there is a pizza channel, I'll pose this question. How much pepperoni is too much pepperoni? Now, this is a picture from Donato's or Donato's or whatever you call it. Now, I've had some of this pizza before. I don't think I've had one with this many pepperonis on it, but the just the plain one has a lot of pepperoni on it. So this is their Pep 150. I believe this means they are going to put 150 pepperoni on the pizza. Tony, is that too much pepperoni for you? Do you like pepperoni on your pizza and a lot of it? I wouldn't say it's too much because it's it's cut paper thin. Like if I, yeah, it's like it's getting crispy on there. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just giving it a number, and we're just delightful for them. Do I think it's it's too much? Not in the way that that one's cut. Like small mouthfuls with a good beer. The amount of salt, yes, is off the chart because that's what pepperoni is loaded with. That sodium bill would be huge. But have it with a beer, tavern cut um, in many respects. Um, No, I don't think that's too many peps. I think you can reach too many peps, but that looks like a single to a double layer of a very thin, paper-thin pepperoni. I I would say that's towards the limit but not having reached the limit of pepperoni on that style of pizza. Don't know what your views you are. Too, I think you can go too far, but I don't think this does. I, th- I think I would eat this on the yep. occasion. Um, now, I've seen ones that loaded up even more where there's just like piles in areas where there's like three, four stacks of three or four pepperoni mushed together. And not even with this thin one, like with cup and char peps, just like <laughs> piling on. That's too much for me. That's just too much grease, especially because I, li- I like those cup and char but you're just getting a mouthful of grease. You're pretty much doing a full shot of grease if you have four of those pepperoni in a, in a row. So um, I think you can go too far. Can I put a count on it? I think if this were the Pep 250, I think that might be too much. Tony, what do you think? <laughs> but is anybody actually going to sit there and count the pepperonis on a pizza? Yes. It, it just means the Pep 150 just means it's... I would love to count. I would love it if somebody counted and tried to sue Donato's or whatever. <laughs> really good. I, I think I think a Pep two hundred is fine. Even I, I could I could go a couple more. This thing looks like it's not yet a grease river, but yeah, you're right. A Pep two fifty. I think you're pushing the limits and pushing, pushing the, the limits of yeah. the amount of grease you can render off a pizza without it getting the crust soggy. Probably unless you. Like do it like the focaccia where it's, it's like cooked in half a cup of oil. Oh, That'd yeah. be the way to go. Put it underneath God. the dough. The mm. amount of oil you have to put on those things is crazy, isn't it? The focaccia. It's yeah, it is. Um, yeah. I'd, All right. Oh, 
I don't know whether we mentioned it, but this is a tremendous opportunity. Thank you for recommending um, a chef's table pizza. That is an outstanding Oh, it's series. so good, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Maybe you want to go to Phoenix, and I fucking hate Phoenix, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, that pizza looks good, doesn't oh, it? Oh, so and good. Ma- and I have Bonchi. There's, there's a Bonchi in Chicago. Um, he's got a place in Chicago, so I'm going to have to hit that up too. Yep, next time you get um, your heart checked up. Yep. Uh, how about this? Corey says, uh, how, are we feel supposed to, uh, how are we supposed to feel about this news? And it's Kelly Ripa revealing that she almost died having sex at Jimmy Buffett's house. Now, she doesn't say with Jimmy Buffett. Um, I don't know who else. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who. I mean, she doesn't really. How am I supposed to feel about it? That's a good question. I guess I don't. How do you feel about that, Tony? I mean, I guess I guess I have maybe more curiosity than I feel like I'm permitted to have. But but doesn't I guess it's none of my business if she's fucking Jimmy Buffett. But this doesn't this just confirm like who she is? Like, of course she's going to say shit like this. Like we've all probably well not had I that experience. She, I, I think I, I read the story, Tony. I'm going to stop you right there yep. before you say something bad. I believe she had some kind of ovarian cysts is the reason that she was being killed from sex. Okay. But, or uterine, uterine cysts or something like that. Okay. i tell you how this makes me feel. This makes me feel that Newsweek is slowly, quickly, very quickly, in fact, quickly. Be- becoming TMZ. That's what it actually makes me feel. Doesn't make I love me feel. The, I, I love the idea that she. I don't know what you were going to say, but that she had. She was enjoying herself so much um, that she was autoerotically strangling herself. See, uh, I wasn't actually going to go that. there. She's just a classic oversharer from like every. Oh, well, I think that actually still is true. Um, yeah. But that said, I mean, if it it's something like this, if it brings attention to people who are ignoring. Um, a health problem that they're having. Yep. Maybe that's positive, right? That that's a probably a good thing to do, you know. Especially if you have like a platform. But that said, I don't. Really, I didn't need to know it was at Jimmy Buffett's house. I will throw it out there. <laughs> but that's what I mean. She managed to sneak in some news that I didn't need to have, which was that she's a big parrot head or something. I don't. I don't <laughs> leave that alone. I don't care. You know. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to ask you about. What have you thought about the death of the Queen? How has that impacted you? And did you even know that she's died? Oh, I did hear about that. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Because recording, right? All right. So I guess I don't really have a massive opinion on it, I guess. Maybe I'm just one of the few people who doesn't like. I'm not going to post, I'm like, hey, see you later, you old bitch. Uh, or I'm not going to post, oh, my God, you know, all of us in America loved and respected. Oh, those people are fucked. Those people are like, the, the weird tweeting has been really bad. I will, uh, so I'll say that I've enjoyed the bad tweets. They're very funny. Anytime anything like, like this happens, the bad tweets are just excellent. Um, the bad posts, uh, it, it, like, it's affected everybody. I mean, it honestly does not affect me in really any way besides um i do i will say i have a slightly sick fascination with the the fact that they have all this ritual around it maybe that's like my obsession with cult documentaries and stuff but there's something very awkwardly catholic or cultish about definitely not catholic 
Remember, Church Little. of England. Catholic. I know, but well, yeah, right, yeah. They're so far away from Catholic; it's crazy. <laughs> All this like fucking robes and rituals and shit. Well, um, I'm just going. I was just to say that I know they're not Catholic, but it, it's it's pretty much like they were like we're not Catholic anymore. And then they had mass the next day, and they were like, well, I guess we're just going to do the same shit, you know? Yeah, but not in Latin. <laughs> but all right. I was saying is you've got to remember that the king or queen ruling at that time is the head of the church. So it's it's even this is essentially like a pope and a head of state dying. As somebody who technically is affected by the queen dying. You are a subject. You're technically a subject of yeah. the queen. I don't, I don't really give a fuck. All it means is we get new money. Um, so we'll eventually oh, get yeah. King Charles on our coinage. Um, <laughs> yes. And that's that's really it. Or and and it doesn't really affect us. I do find it really odd, as you were saying, about the Pope post that that were fawning over the Queen. That was really bizarre to me. Specifically from Americans and from the American right. That to me was bizarre. They Charlie love, Kirk, they, Ben Shapiro, they were fucking lapping it up. Um, they love authority figures too. They fucking love that shit. I mean, you can, I it's all that. the same guys, right? I mean, I was looking at a- ABC news here, yep. um, Australia's ABC news. And the first article up here, Nigel Farage joining queue of thousands to pay respects to the queen praises Britain at its very best. So this guy who is in like the fucking like libertarian, hyper libertarian tea party, Old, like that old school, slightly old school, but like from five years ago type um, Republican right wing party. Uh, he should, you would, he'd be the first person who would want to say like, well, let's get rid of this shit because it's, we're spending a whole fuckload of money. No, he's horny for it though. He doesn't care about the actual financial implications of having Royals. He just wants, he's horny for power. Yeah. And the idea of somebody with that much power gets him a big fucking heart on, you yeah, know, and, power and money and everything. Yeah, and Tucker Carlson and the like. But in Australia, the coverage has, and I'm sure Nick Talk and PMAC will back me up, just fucking give it up. Like, I'm sick of the coverage. Like, it's dominated every news bulletin, and I haven't is watched it. Is it fawning, or is it, is it relatively straight ahead? Oh, are no, they, are it's they fawning. Like- and yeah. and they don't get into the, the complicated legacy of the Britain that she actually ruled over and what they sure. did in Africa at times. Um, mm-hmm. While she isn't particularly powerful, she was still the head of state and represented Britain at a time where they will, were still pulling colonial shenanigans, i.e. genocide, um, and nobody talks about how complex that is. She might be a... A fun lady, but her legacy and her family has been the figurehead of a um, yeah. organisation that but, has led to millions of people being killed and hurt. And yep. and you don't need to and go back in enslaved shit like that. Yeah. yeah, working for ten cents an hour and all that shit. And you don't need to go back further in history where it becomes really fucking bad. And yeah. I, I I want Australia to become a republic, but I really wasn't one of those people that were out writing tweets about um, "Ding Dong the Witch is Dead" um, because yeah, the, well, the Irish take care of that for us on <laughs> their own, which I, I respected. To be fair, at least you know where they're at, but I um, they they can do that for me. I I don't care enough. They have a reason yep. to care, so there's that. You know, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter to me, and none of this matters to me. I mean, it matters in the way that a 
somebody in the world, I'm like, all right, whatever. This is, uh, you know what? Everyone, I'm sure everybody's going to be fine. It's some old rich old lady. Um, the same thing I say when any of these mega billionaires croak. You're sort of like, well, you know, I don't know if they were nice or not, but we got one less billionaire floating around. So I guess there may be some benefit to that. But no, no, uh, no. Really? Is, is there benefit to that? Because no, it doesn't change anything. Kids- it just made somebody else richer. It doesn't matter, right? So, right, it's just like, what's his face? Uh, William now owns a billion dollar estate and Charles has whatever the jewels and all the other shit that's yep. worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. It doesn't change anything. No, of course not. It's just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a relatively, I, all I can be is I can't even try to get mad about it. I would, I, you know, I'd love to get mad about something. But, I'm just neutral with it. I just yeah. don't care that much. Fair enough. But when a billionaire dies, I'm conflicted as well, but not for the same reason. It's like, there's a, 75% chance that the child that inherits that wealth, forget royal or not, but there's a 75% chance that that person is going to be an even bigger shithead than their father. And probably worse than these royal oh. family people who are, yep. other than Andrew, seem like pretty fucking neutral in general, yep. just sort of like walking around, you know. Yep. Um, the Prince Andrew thing is a whole other story, but... Because Trump... Whatever. Is, that's is, a, that's truly like true and non deal with that, yeah. not me. Yeah, we 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 won't go as deep into that. Yeah, I, I got a lot more joy out of George George H W Bush croaking than this. And that's what I wanted to. That was funny, you know. I don't give a shit about this, you know. Like when um, George Bush died, uh, senior, there was probably five sure. minutes of news coverage on the day and five minutes at his funeral. That was it in Australia uh, on the nightly news bulletins. The Queen affects us just as bad as much as as what? I mean, a little more because nobody had to change money for for George Bush. I mean, I don't think you guys had any money with George Bush on it, although it would be funny if you did. But we're talking the backs of our coins. Oh, big fucking deal. That would be so funny if you turned a coin over and George Bush's fucking face was on it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? They don't even bother doing that, that stuff here. The guys die and they just leave them on the money. Yeah. Here, we don't even give a shit. Well, we've got, since 1966 is when we changed our currency into Australian dollars from Australian pounds. Um, mm-hmm. So um, all the money in circulation since 1966, um, all the coinage has had the Queen's head on it. And you can still occasionally see 66 coins in circulation. I mean, you'll never get, you'll never get all those out of the circulation because... Yeah. She was the queen for 70 some odd years, you know yep. what I mean? So, that ain't, I mean, those, those things, good luck, you know, getting your hand on switching them out, you know. And we're, we're minting so much less coinage these days because of. Yeah, you're all just tapping. You're tapping your yep. card and. Tapping my watch. Which, which actually works, works for you guys yep. because my shit is fucked here. So. Yep, I'm um, like Lisa Simpson. I tap a tap a tap a. No, very good. That's good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, yeah, well, I'll let the in. we'll let the Irish have fun with it. We'll let the British be sad, and the rest of us can just get on with our lives yes. here in the U.S. And I, I would guess Canada is probably in a similar setup to you guys, where they have, you know, I think they have some Queen money. Yep. It's do. really about as much matters to them, I would guess, as it does to Australia. Um, and then there's other parts of the world that I think should, you know that feel rightfully angry and they should 
Oh, and I think we should support the fact that they are because of the, you're right, the, compli- the I would say, complicated slash not too complicated um, yeah. past of the uh, British Empire in which they killed and slaughtered and enslaved and, and endangered they, hundreds of millions of people over many, many centuries, you know. And I wouldn't even put it down to certain places. There are certain communities within the Australian um um, country that that can be rightfully upset the Aboriginal communities, what the Crown did yeah. to them and their land, and their 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 community as a whole sure. is horrendous when you look back at over its time, and they're allowed to be angry at that figurehead when that figurehead dies. The same in Canadian Aboriginal, yep. you know, pretty much, yep. <laughs> pretty much just like Australia but cold. I mean, really, we <laughs> should. Um, all right, Tony. Uh, I, I say we, we move on before I accidentally say something stupid and, uh, we move on to hyper, something I'm more familiar with, which is hyper beer nerd dog shit news. No, it's beers of the week, Tony. It's beers of the week. You're right. Hit it. Loggers of the week. Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. Oh, my lager of the week. Actually, I'm going to give it to the beer I just drank at Oktoberfest. That Good was really delicious. Bell's, Bell's Oktoberfest Meritzen. Yummy, yummy. Really delicious. Nice Meritzen. Goes to, pretty dry compared to some, which can be, I, I've had some that even reach six or so percent. This one's about 5.5. Drinks easy. Very, very tasty. A, a, a quite enjoyable lager from the fellers over there at uh, at Bell's. Uh, Tony, how about you? Any lager for you this week? No lager for me this week, but I have had a mm-hmm. few. We're running late, so that'll do for the theme for Beer of the Week this week. Um, Perfect. And I've got a couple of, well, I've got at least one honourable mention, perhaps two. Um, but the um, Cult IPA from Mountain Culture, um, mm. which I'm sure PMAC has had is absolutely delicious. That would be my first honourable mention. Um, and uh, the other one was from Hawkers, which is a double hazy IPA. They're using a new technique. I'm not sure whether you've heard of it, Griff, or seen it in the marketing, because it is essentially okay. marketing. I'm just looking it up on Untapped, whether they've got it, notes on it. It's... No, they don't. It's like a HDC something. It's a new way of no, I don't know. No. Extracting the hops. I don't know what it means. It was kind of like it smelt like a hazy drink, like a slightly more west coasty thing. Without no, right. I like that. Super bitter. But my beer of the week this week um, is another one from our good friends at, at Mountain Culture. It's a I think it's a Baltic Porter. Yeah, it is a Baltic Porter. Mm. Humble Custodian. Custodian. Um, it is delicious. I will look up the facts. It's an 8.3% uh, Baltic Porter. There are 140 check-ins. Um, Humble, Humble Custodian is a testament to the thankless tasks that we do every day, including some of those used in the process to create this warming caramel toffee. Baltic-style porter, the rich chocolate malt notes are balanced with a clean and re- refreshing qualities that arise from being cold-fermented with our house lager yeast and 
complete. I see a kind of cold light, cold IPA type thing going there. Well, it's a it's a cold porter because this is a. Oh, that's right. It's porter, yeah. Yeah. So this could have been my lower of the week. Uh, Bal- that, Baltic that, porter, sure. That was the blurb. One hundred and forty check-ins. Let's do a mini untrapped on it. One hundred and forty check-ins. What's the alcohol? Six. Eight point three. Eight point three. Uh, Four point. Oh, six. Fuck. That is the closest you've come to missing it. Oh, no. You got there, but it is 4.16. Oh, wow. All right. That's a good rating for that type of beer. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Really chocolatey, uh, really smooth. And and they're right. They should have been in the Lager of the Week. Um, but it is No, yeah, it could have been Lager beer. of the Week. Oh, man. All right. We'll let it go this time, I guess. Yep. What about Tony, you? I went to, this, went to this year bottle share, um, and there are a lot of great beers got open, but the highlight um, was the Side Project Beer Barrel Time Rye Barrel 2022. Uh, this was a, uh, I mean, it was it's fucking insane, 15% uh, uh, barrel-aged stout. It's a, um, here, let me try to describe what this is. So it, uh, was a blend which consisted of two different recipes brewed three different times and finished in three different barrels for 18 to 42 months. The younger portion represents threads which were brewed right around the 2020 release. In order to plan to become part of this 2022 blend, the much older threads consist of the exact same brew and barrels from 2020, barrels which we held back and allowed an extended aging. The result of this layering focuses this blend more in line with how we blend our BBT releases. So, uh, what do we got here? Yes. So this was derivation three recipe aged in Willet five year rye barrels since seven twenty three eighteen vibes recipe aged in Willet four year rye barrels since seven two twenty and vibes aged in still six thirty rye barrels since seven twenty eight twenty. So this is a barrel aged. A uh, stout with no adjuncts from side project with an insane schedule on it with rye and a whole bunch of other stuff in rye barrels. Uh, Tony, what do you think the rating on this is? 820 check-ins. It's 15% alcohol. No adjuncts, just a blend. So 4.30. Not even close, Tony. It's a four. This one has one of the highest I've ever seen. 4.82. What? <laughs> like, I knew yeah. it would be good. But yeah, something else. How often do you see a beer with that many check ins get a 4.40? I have a rating. Yeah, I know. That's and now it's bonkers. even you know, 4.82. Yeah, nuts. Totally nuts. Uh, uh, a phenomenal beer, I got to say. It was really something else. So, uh, quite, quite enjoyable uh, on this one. So, that, that was my favorite this week. A uh, handful of other things were really nice. I've been enjoying the Fremont. Um, you know, Lush is really good. The Legend Cold IPA is good. Um, so some good IPAs too, but that that was the standout for sure. All right, Tony, why don't we move on to Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. All right. You know I love doing these lists because they're fucking stupid. Yep, you love a good listicle. Dude, it's so funny. This one is the best beer towns. This is from the Hill. I actually think it's done by a company called Home To Go. 
Yep. Uh, and I'm reading it on the Hill. The best beer town is to visit across America, according to a new index. <laughs> so the article starts by saying beer tourism. It's a thing. Nah. Uh, thank you for that. Very good. Uh, beer enthusiasts across the world are for, blah, 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 blah. All right. So <laughs> Jesus. All right. Now we're just going to, so, so the analysts at home to go, which is a vacation rental pro platform sought to determine America's best beer towns using a beer lovers index based on the number of brew pubs, breweries and top rated bars, as well as the average prices of beer and the median cost of nightly accommodations for travelers hoping to spend a few nights there. Weird criteria for this. Yeah, really. So weird. after researching hundreds of cities, home to go settled on a ranking of the top 17 destinations for beer buffs looking for a quick boozy getaway. Which so is we really go. weird. Let's look through the top. As well, because wouldn't you yeah. either stop on a top 10, top 12, top 20, top 25, mm -mm. but top 17 no. feels like somebody was paid per line and they'd reached their limit. And anything more that they so wrote start, was going to be over that line. Let's start at number 17, Tony. Number 17 is Key West, Florida. So I'm already out on this list. Really bad. Um, Do not know any any of any. So I guess they did well for what? Cost of accommodations and no. availability of bars, maybe? Um, like bars. It's, it's, there's a lot of bars. Shit ton of bars. Um, None of them are actually good bars, but... Um, no. Well, I haven't Number been there. I, I, I shouldn't say this, but Key West to me seems like a tourist trap. Um, it is that is relying on bar traffic. So I don't know what, why other cities. Spoiler alert: like New Orleans, don't get in if that's the case. If we're going to rely so heavily on the bars, because I I can't pick a a brewer. Why is Las no. Vegas in here? We got we got plenty yeah. of we got plenty of bars here. That's right. Um, number number sixteen is Boston. Of course, for Sam so, Adams. I think that's interesting. Yep. Which actually, I'm not sure how much of it is brewed in Boston. Don't think any of it is, um, but that won't yeah, stop people in, laying claims to in Cincinnati. Um, <clears throat> Boston has Trillium, and they have... Um, True. I guess Jack's Abbey is in near Boston, close enough. And there's a couple of good bars. It's a big city. I mean, yeah. it's fine. Would I put it in the top 20? I, I don't know. I'd be hard-pressed to do that. Maybe. Number 15 is Portland, Maine. Now, Portland, Maine is a very good yep. city for beer. Uh, Allagash is there. Yep. Um, uh, Oxbow, Bissell. You know, they have some great bars. Navari Res, one of the best beer bars in the country. Probably Easily could have been walkable. Higher. Nice place to be. Lots of, yeah, probably could have been higher, I think. Uh, could have been above these three cities right here. Number 14, Birmingham, which is a fine city and has a trim tab, I think is not, is there, but there's not really, I don't know what of note beer wise is there. Not Number 13, Charleston, South Carolina, which I'm going to, but I'm not sure is the best beer city in South Carolina. No. Um, you know, Greenville, Greenville might have a qualm with that because there's so many good beer places in Greenville. Number 12 is Daytona Beach, Florida, which I honestly could not tell you one thing about. I mean, oh, they hold anyone who's been to Daytona Beach, you guys let you know, sound off on the Discord and let me know that I'm fucking up because all the great breweries are in Daytona Beach. But Of course, that's what no Daytona Beach is known for. It's, it's like Bud Light drinkers seeking it out twice a year. To, to I thought it was like fucking... VJ Spring Break and shit was Daytona Beach, at yep. or you know whatever. Yeah, yeah it is number and ten, of course NASCAR, and don't skip over San Diego at eleven. 
for fuck's sake. Yeah, sorry, let's do number 11. Number 11, San Diego, <laughs> which probably should be a little, I would say at least above the very next one above it, which is number 10, Myrtle Beach, yep. which yet again would be a one, would be a beer, a city in South Carolina that I think is not even actually in the top two of its beer places. Because I think I would put Charleston above Myrtle Beach. Yep. Um, but it's definitely not better than San Diego, which, I mean, we could all name the big breweries in San Diego off the top of our head, right? I mean, Stone, have you guys yep. heard of them? Uh, not to mention Pizza Port, uh, uh, Modern Times, uh, Burgeon. We, we've talked about them all on here. Yep. Fine. Uh, number nine, Tampa. Now, if you're including St. Pete, I'm okay with that. But Tampa, all I know for Tampa is Angry Chair and Cigar City. Yep. Um of course, I forgot about St. Pete, but isn't St. Pete branding itself as a separate city? Mm-hmm. So? I think geography also is making it a separate city because yep. what there's some stuff in between them. <laughs> some kind of geographic divider, I think, is happening between Tampa and St. Pete. Um, and then number eight. Okay, now we're getting into some that I, I could at least see. Uh, Austin in number eight. Lovely beers there. Jester King, uh, Austin Beer Works, uh, Live Oak, uh, 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 P- uh, Pine House Pizza, all good. Asheville is number seven. I'll be there soon. Um, Fair enough. Probably could have had Asheville a little higher, I think, but top ten, that's all right. Number six is New York City. This is truly bizarre based on their criteria. Um, yeah, based on those criteria, I mean, it is interesting. There are a lot of bars. There are some good breweries, uh, but the cost of staying in New York City is is very it's quite expensive to spend the night in New York City. Expensive. I recall. Yeah. Um, so that that may be strange. Number five, I'm going here in in you know nine days to Seattle. They're number five. Yeah. Uh, good, great city for beer. Uh, another one that is pretty expensive, but they you know they got bars and junk. It's yes, good but place. it's not New York expensive. Mm-mm. No, and yeah, what is? Um, I guess San Francisco. Uh, number four is Denver. Good one. Denver. Great classic. Yeah. Yep. Uh, number three is Milwaukee. Now I love Milwaukee as a beer city. Um, and it has a beer, it has a legacy of beer. Yeah. Do I think it's a better city for drinking than San Diego, uh, for beer or, or Denver? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, I think you're going to have to talk me into that one. Yeah. But is it better than, um, New York? Is it is it better than? It's definitely it's definitely less stressful to go get drunk in Milwaukee than it is in New York. I don't have a problem <laughs> with it being in the top five, and I think the top five is no, fairly sound. Um, Number two is Port is Portland, Oregon. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's good, yeah. good at everything, and it's great. And then number one is my uh, uh, hometown. Oh, yeah. uh, Born and raised in in city as uh, is Chicago number one, which is absolutely believable. Chicago is an amazing beer city, a million fucking good breweries to go to, and a thousand good bars. So, and everybody in Chicago loves drinking. So, can't argue with that. Is it cheap to sleep there? Eh, eh not really. I've had to do it a few times in the last <laughs> year or so. So, <laughs> I mean, if you stay, if I if you're me and you get to stay at your in laws, it's great. But yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when you have to get a hotel in the in the city for your appointments and junk, it's uh, maybe not so cheap. So, um, all right. So there's your big list, your favorite cities. If you guys got cities that you 
think got screwed on here. Um, St. Louis probably one that I think got fucked uh, yeah, in this oh, list, but there's the probably. Yeah, St. Louis didn't manage to weasel on here. Kansas City, a good beer city as yeah. well in the Midwest. Uh, you know, you could argue that uh, Grand Rapids, who does like Beer City USA tours, just seems a little weird that they're not above Myrtle Beach or whatever. <laughs> you know, so some, some strange ones on there for sure. But we'll, uh, I yep. mean, there's a, there's a, at least they got a couple. They, they got a couple right, I guess. Uh, all right, Tony. Uh, the next thing, this is hot dog related. We got some hot dog related news. Uh, this is from QSRweb.com. So I guess that's quick service restaurants would be my guess. Um, uh, QSR web wants to send me notifications. No block. Uh, we, we're going to go with, uh, we're going to go with block on that. Nathan's famous partners with brewery for first ever beer. So I, I, that's, that's a, Worded awkwardly, I'm going to say it's Nathan's famous first ever beer, not the brewery's first ever I, beer. I would hope so, because it's a hell of a yeah. risk from Nathan. <laughs> you're, going to to, you're, you're, going to to, you're going to have to parse this out a little bit on your own. But um, Nathan's Famous has partnered with Coney Island Brewing Company to create Nathan's Famous Lager. It's the first beer for Nathan, Nathan's Famous since its inception in 1916, according to a press release. Yeah. So it will be a lager with a bright golden color and a light to medium body with a clean, snappy finish. Hey, just like that fucking hot dog casing, right, Tony? Kind of worded nicely there, I thought. Yep. Now, oh, the nose is full of bright citrus yeah. and floral aromas. It's, and, uh, it's, a, it's yeah. a mass market pilsner. Um, One dollar for every pint goes to the Coney Island Alliance or the Alliance for Coney Island. I think this is slow on the uptake from name. Nathan's famous. They're big into promotions. I'm surprised they haven't been marketing their glizzies next to a beer um, before. Um, I think this will sell well, and I think it'll sell well on location. I don't just mean in the original Nathan's Famous on Coney Island. If they have it, if they have it at the if they have it at the Nathan's in the uh, uh, Palms, I will uh, I will get one, yep. and I can tell you how snappy it is. Tony, this made me laugh right here. At 5% ABV, it is a nod to the 5 cent hot dogs served uh, in Coney Island. No, it's not. Uh, at Nathan's. So no, it's not. It's just what a Pilsner is. Yes. <laughs> we made it 5% because it's just like, what if, so if the dog were 8 cents, they would have made like an 8% Imperial Pilsner or something? No, is they that what we're saying? they would have made it 5%. In reference to the, to the junior dog that you had a Coke with for five cents. It's bullshit. That's fucking funny. Yeah, 5% ABV and nod to the original five-cent hot dog. Do you think this will get some play at the um, hot dog contest? Of course it next will. Year? Yes, that is a marketing exercise. Right. If this beer is still around at that point, which I think it will be, as I said, I don't know why they haven't been marketing with their glizzies before. Um, Glizzy. <laughs> I just Glizzy. heard that term the other week for hot dog, and I, I love it now. I use it all the time. Got to get myself a couple yeah. of glizzies. I'm a basic bitch when it comes to glizzies, so I'm not. I've had the pink thing, and that's fine, but it's not for me. Give me Nathan's Famous in a bun with some onion and mustard. That's all I fucking need. I'm a basic bitch yeah, that way. I mean, Nathan's like, I, I mean, they're fine. They're all beef dogs, so there's that. I, I tend to like the. Um, 
I tend to like my Vienna beef dogs with, but I will take it with onions and mustard. I don't need a bunch of other stuff. On no. You're, you're talking about that, uh, that, that New York style sweet onion goop when you say pink stuff. Is that what you're talking no, about? No, no, pink's chili. You know, the LA hot dog stand. Oh, like the overloaded hot dog. Yeah. With the chili. No, yeah. I don't care. I just like, I like my, I actually like the, I've told you this, the depression dogs at Gene and Jude's. It just has the, just has the onion, mustard, perfect relish, and, um, I think that's it. It might have spore pepper, but it probably doesn't. And then they just put it in a bag with like 40, 40 fries. Or they just roll it up. They put like, they just scoop a handful of fries in there and roll the whole fucker up in one nice. big thing. So you actually get a fry in your hot dog sometimes. You're like, all right, that's cool. You know, <laughs> I'm good with that. I'll eat a hot dog with my fry. It's fine. Um, all right. Last news story. And guess what? You know, I got a segue into the game from it. So it'll be great. But Tony, uh, Voodoo Ranger, they're back doing shit again, and we can do this together. We can vote together. We can pick what we want to vote for. So uh, we get to vote, Tony, on, on VoodooRanger.com for what beer we want to come out. So we have two different Voodoo IPAs that might come out. We have Voodoo Vice IPA, which I don't know how to find what the beers are. Oh, no, here they are. Okay, Voodoo Vice. Um, don't ask me how many how many times you have to ask me if I'm 21. Voodoo <laughs> Vice is bursting with neon bright citrus flavors uh, and is vying to be the next Voodoo Ranger rotating IPA. So that's a very I guess a citrusy 7.1 percent 28 IBUs. This sounds like a neo West Coast type of IPA to me, um, but it's got a Miami Vice man looking man on it or dog thing, whatever the fuck yep. skeleton guy, whatever is on these things. So that's like Miami inspired, I guess, but it sounds like a West coast IPA. And then this one's called danger beach IPA and it's dangerously juicy. So I guess this one's supposed to be more like the Neo West coast, dangerously juicy with tropical flavors. And it's got like a surfer looking type feller on here. So that's your choices, Tony. What do you want? Do you want, do you, they kind of sound the same to me. Do you want Voodoo Vice? Well, actually, let me, let me get the stats on Danger Beach real quick. Oh, I, um, I think you're overthinking it. Beach, 7.1, it's also, seven, is it the same beer? Do you think these are the same beer? I, I was going to say, I think these are the same beer. One 7.2 and one, one is 7. citrusy, 1. it says, and one is tropical, it, it says. So, I mean, yeah, kind of a stretch to think they're that much different. Yeah. I'm purely voting off can art. And I'm going to go with Danger Beach. The other yeah, can I like him better too. reminds me too much of GTA um, Vice City. And it reminds me of this beer, Tony. Do I have it with me? Yes. It reminds me of the the Jay Wakefield El Jefe. It's the same thing. Yes, it does. Yep. It's the same guy, <laughs> only with like a skull head on him. An actual head. Um, but so I'm going to go with Danger Beach. I like that orange um, color palette. It's not um, all orange. All right, we're casting our vote yep. for Danger Beach. We did it. Um, right now, it's pretty It's pretty orange across the board. Um, I think oh, Voodoo Vice is in the lead a little bit right now. Yeah, 50. So 53.47 for Voodoo Vice. Oh, 54.4 to yes. 45. This is like a, a thumping right now. Damn it. That's fucked. All right. 
All right, Tony. Now, just a quick. Well, um, we voted. We've done our part as, as as citizens. I think. Now, are you going to download and share an image saying that I voted for Voodoo Vice? Or yes, I voted I'm for gonna, Danger Beach. Vote. They haven't even like blacked out the ones you didn't vote for in the download and share category. They should gray it out like it just got killed or something, like a like a Mario character. He should blink and have to and vanish. <laughs> Tony, uh, I thought with this little goofy bit, uh, I would do my own goofy bit, and I thought we could. Um, I, you know, I'm always kind of amazed by the voodoo beers. They, they're pretty ubiquitous. Um, I see them at Corey's all the time. I've even had a couple, and I've surprised enjoyed most of what I've ever had from them. Yep. Um, I thought we could play a little bit of Untrapped with a few different voodoo rangers, which is New Belgium's sort of big mass market IPA. attempt at getting IPA out. Out there, um, I thought we could play a little bit of a uh, Voodoo Ranger Untrapped. Let's get him in the well, gang. Oh God, there's a skeleton down there. It's the Voodoo Ranger. He's down there too, uh, and we'll uh, we'll we'll kick off some some fun Untrapped games here. And we're sending our Tony, there are a surprising amount of these Voodoo Rangers. Now, um, so we will start. Yes, I've only ever had the original Voodoo Ranger, so I I don't even know what these varieties are like. How? What did how, you think of the original Voodoo Ranger? Did you like it? It's fine for a mass market um, IPA. Three point five, I think mm-hmm. I scored it. It's fine for the price. It's I wouldn't say it's amazing. Right. I don't understand why it's so quite so popular. I haven't included it in this week's game, but I will point out that Voodoo Vice IPA has a 3.76 uh, on untapped, and Voodoo Ranger Danger Beach, Tony, has a 3.77. So the voters are fucking up. They are getting a beer that they are going to like less. That that whole... They need to get out here and realize that they're going to like this yeah, better. that 0.5, oof, that really hurts. 0.1. I think 0.01. Yeah. Right. Um, 0.05, so sorry. Let's start, let's start with this one. Uh, this will be, this is the Voodoo Ranger Liquid Paradise IPA. So this is 7.8% alcohol, 44 IBUs, using Mosaic Incognito, Azica, and Cascade Hops. Liquid Paradise boasts a melange of tropical notes to create a delicately bitter and extremely aromatic IPA. So, Tony, this looks like a nice, clear, sort of uh, lighter-colored IPA, maybe a modern-looking IPA, I would call it. Um, uh, let's look, let me look at a couple reviews for you here and give you, give you a little preview. Um, let's see here. I don't I want to go nuts here. So we have a 4.25 on here from Joe. We have a pre-dynamite can crack. I don't know what that means. Very light for a ranger, but also good. It's 7.8%. Clearly, I love IPAs. That's from Chris R. He gave it a 3.75. Um, and Richard L. likes it. He got it at HEB. He wants to be in that pool. With more of these brews, he gave it a 4. Nice. 
Oh, but then we have, uh, unfortunately, Matthew F. does not like a little bit of a miss for Matthew F. 2.75. Yeah, you got an old can. Who knows? So, Tony, this has 61.6 thousand check-ins. Okay. I think the fact that it doesn't have Hayes actually knocks it down. I was I was going to say this was going to be one of the highest scoring ones, but I think the lack of Hayes, well, not lack of Hayes, but it's, it's seems lighter than sure. the traditional Voodoo Ranger that at least I'm familiar with. Juicier one. Yeah. Yeah, you might, yeah. So I'm going to go 3.68. Nice job, Tony. You're on the board. Yes. 3.71 for Voodoo Ranger Liquid Paradise IPA. Um, honestly, I, you know, I, I stay pretty arm's length from the Voodoo Ranger beers, but I read the description of these beers and they sound really good. Like, I don't, I would like this. A, it's a relatively strong IPA. This is maybe a, like a Friday night drinker, but the Mosaic, Azica, and Cascade sounds yummy. And you bellish them to solid beers. Just Voodoo yeah, Ranger. They, they make beer. I, I just think if it could pack itself with a little bit more flavor, that'd be great. Just just as a smidge. They're always you're like, yeah, that's a really well made beer. Just just push it a touch and, and they're just right. a bee's dick off. A bee's dick. Damn, a bee's dick. Are always you not hard to be with that, that fra- phrasing? No, I, I I understand the phrase. I we, we would say like a cunt hair or something gross, but yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like that why does cunt yeah, coming out of an American mouth sound so harsh? Like Oh I'm not I'm not supposed to say it. No, I'm yeah, not supposed to say it. Because I reckon you're a top cunt. You'll, you'll, you're, gonna to, you're gonna have to go bleep it out. Now. No, I won't be bleeping right. out cunt. I love the word. We would actually never say that. We would never say that. When I was in drum corps, if you missed your spot, like you missed your dot on the field yep. uh, after a move, they would say they wouldn't say that. They'd say you're off by a CH. That's what they would say. And that's what it meant. <laughs> okay. You'd say you're off by a CH. But that's what it that's what it stood for. All right, Tony, we're we're going we're going fall on this next one. Is uh, it pumpkin? You're gonna like this. It's pumpkins. Oh, it's pumpkins, Tony. Six point four percent. This is Voodoo Ranger Atomic Pumpkin Spicy Release. I saw it over there at Corey's uh, big stack of it. <laughs> spicy uh, release today. Spicy release. Pumpkin. <laughs> Sounds like something. Pumpkin ale featuring cinnamon. Spicy release. Cinnamon and habanero chili peppers for just the right amount of heat. So 81.7 thousand check-ins on this. It's 6.4%. A mere 10 IBUs. Tony, this is a relatively light-colored looking pumpkin beer. Liz C. has it in a particularly dirty glass here in her picture as I look in these. Uh... Really, a lot of a lot of uh, bubbles hitting the side of this. Oh my God, the the glass that Jonathan A has put it in. Ah, it's 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 nothing but bubbles. Oh God. Um, what do we got? Three point seven five from Gina P. Now this is a pumpkin beer I like. Um, oh no, two point seven five from Chris H. Good initial pumpkin taste. A bit too much overbearing chili spice at the finish, and then. Um, we got um, oh, we got a point seven five. Oh no! And that person Gage S just says no. Um, but we got a couple fours mixed in here. 
Yeah. Um, this is coming in low. This is coming in real low. Chili and a beer, never good. I'm not going to score this one high. Years ago, spicy, spicy beer and pretty spicy and cinnamon fall kind, just not my thing. 6.4% 10 IBU. That's what he said. <laughs> so he restated I, I'm, the not re, I'm not re-saying what it was. He, literally, he put it in his fucking thing. So there you go, Tony. There's 61 something thousand check ins of this. What do you feel like? Three point. Oh, sorry, 81,000. 81,000. 3.47. And oh, I think I'm too high. Mm. You went too low, Tony. Really? 3.61 for the spicy what? release. Yeah, I know. Chili normally yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought that more. either. It's just the people who post things, post it, write it in too low. And I'm seeing a lot of dirty cups here, which is really not making me think highly of these people's. I mean, you just got to wipe it out a little bit. It really, I mean, it's it's really not that hard to get it pretty clean for your beer. You you just got to maybe get a little water in there too. might help. Um, So we got one more. Tony, this is the Voodoo Ranger Juice Force Hazy Imperial IPA. Uh, this one, Tony, is 9.5%, 30 Ooh. IBUs. Big boy. Big boy. Juice Force is a fruit-forward, highly drinkable 9.5 ABV blast. Buckle up with this hazy IPA. You'll be buzzing the tower in no time. Tony, it is hazy. Um, I wouldn't say it's as hazy as like a fucking treehouse or anything, nah. but it's definitely opaque-ish. Um, it's... Uh, 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 what do we got here? Um, I don't know. Trying to find some reviews. 30, sorry, 32.7,000 check-ins. Uh, sorry, I'm on the Friends recent activity. I'm like, why do I know all these people? Um, good thing he got four, says Ken M., who is at Prestige Worldwide. That's funny. Get it? Because that movie. Uh, remember, did you ever see Step Brothers? Oh, I did back in the day. I think I do remember. Great movie. Prestige Worldwide. Rico brought these over two for four dollars. What a bargain! Four point oh. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, somebody says it has an aspartame taste in it. David <laughs> L. He doesn't like it. Two point five. Um, most of the ratings are pretty decent uh, that I'm seeing in the front page. Uh, here's Brian C. Little kick on this one. Yeah, it's fucking almost ten percent. Three point seven. Uh, uh, what else we got? Pre-gaming before Aerosmith concert at oh, Caesar's geez. Palace, 3.5. Fruitiness hides the high ABV, surprisingly tasty for an IPA, 4.25. Don't know what that's, what kind of dig that was. Um, all right, 9.5%, 30 IBUs, 32.7 thousand check-ins. This one comes this in This one's higher. for all the marbles. 4.0. Good old-fashioned error just page good, score. Just good enough, Tony. 3.96 That's, for Juice Force. I, I was a great score go a for a beer with that many that many check-ins. Um, the, the idea of being able to buy this beer at 7-Eleven is, is both amazing and disturbing to me simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, going to 7-Eleven, getting two of these cans for four bucks and getting super fucked. <laughs> I know that's what I was going to say. It's, a it's like Nico morning, got a deal. Huh? You drink 30, 32 ounces of this. You're look. You're in trouble, my man. Yeah, but it's a problem. Is it really like 
Your other option is picking up no, the Colt forty five. No, you're fine. I mean, I mean, it's still so still strong. Two of them will be fine. If you drink a whole four pack, you you are fucked. I mean, oh yeah, I don't care what you yeah. say, you're in trouble. All right, Tony, you win this week. We drag you yes. out of the well. You're safe for another week. You're not get attacked by the Voodoo Ranger. Um, I think we should wrap this show up on it. Should tell the people where they can find us. Yeah, they can find us on Untapped. Your Griff AD on Untapped. I'm Saint Moz on Untapped. You can email us at beerengineshow at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at beerenginepod. If you want to send us in a, a tip, you can do that at ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. I think that's all the announcements I've got. Any parting words? <laughs> If you want to get on our Discord, you can drop us a note on Instagram or over email, yep. and we will add you to the Discord or donate us do- a dollar on that uh, KO-FI site that Tony just said, and you can uh, get the link for free. Nope, there's nothing else I have, Tony. Uh, I look forward to doing this yet again next week. Bye-bye, everybody. See I Can't wait for more Alex Jones testimony. It's going to be great. Yes. Yes.